Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome to the BDPAI Radio Show. I'm Fran McNeil, your host, and with me tonight are my co-hosts, Timothy Butts and Ron Story. This evening is November the 25th, 2014. We have three very exciting guests for you this evening, and our first guest is Dalric Webb, Chapter President of BDPA Cincinnati. Our second guest will be Terry Morris, Chapter President of BDPA Indianapolis. And our third and final guest will be Mike Williams, Senior Vice President of FIS. So I am going to read Dalric's bio so that you're familiar with who he is. And then I'm going to turn the interviewing over to Tim Webb, to Tim, Tim Butts. So Dalric joins us. Um, Dalric Webb joins us, and he is a leader with General Electric out of their GE aviation business in the Cincinnati area. He's also completing his first year as the president of BDPA Cincinnati chapter. The chapter has more than doubled its membership this year, now sitting as the second largest chapter in the nation. Dalric has managed to attract a leadership that boasts over 15 active members of its board of directors and another half dozen C-level executives who sit on the chapter's corporate advisory council. The chapters had a strong student contingent at the recently concluded national conference, bringing home over $16,000 in college scholarships during that week in Indianapolis. The chapter is currently working on its 2015 strategic plan. So we look forward to hearing what will be shared. And Timothy Butts, I'm going to turn it over to you to conduct our interview. Tremendous. Hey, thanks, Fran. Derek, good evening. How are you, sir? Good evening, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Avoiding the weather, I know it's coming across the nation, but when we're busy yes. like we are, it always stirs up good conversations. We get inside and we start to talk. So tonight we'll start great. off with this first basic question. How did you first find out about BDPA, and what's kept you so involved? Uh, great question, Tim. So, you know, the, the I came to Cincinnati uh, in 2004, and for a long time I was not engaged with the community and then a 2010 mixer for black professionals in the local area here, I ran into a uh, BDPA member at that function who connected me with the then chapter president, Wanda Gray. Essentially, Wanda and I had lunch together, and uh, having, been, having been and still being a longtime GE volunteer, uh, I, I offered to volunteer with the chapter in any way I could. So Wanda immediately signed me up as a vice president of membership management, so that's how I got started. Uh, back then. And what kept me going is just the spirit of what this organization is about, you know, trying to advance the careers of African Americans in the classroom to the boardroom is a pretty broad and, and expansive scope of work, of uh, effort, but it's very, in, uh, it's very fulfilling to see uh, the successes we've had in engaging people in, in the organization, engaging uh, organizations in the, in the community, and engaging our students, more, more importantly. Exceptional. I've got to say, with that track record of the organization and with the spirit and energy you're bringing to the table, a lot of things have gotten accomplished. Uh, in that intro, I heard about the great scholarships, et cetera. So yes. given your level of service and your high level of energy, what accomplishments so far are you most proud of? So I'd have to say that there are three things I'm most proud of about the current uh, organization that we have today. First and foremost is the volunteers. I mean, any nonprofit, I think, rests on the the shoulders of the volunteers who who, who get in there and do the day to day work and put the rubber to the road. Our volunteers right. are 
are very professional. They are technology. Most of them are technology professionals. Um, so it's very, you know, you, you feel very comfortable around people who can talk your talk or you know talk your language in you know, terms of you know IT or technology or just you know the the whole STEM the whole STEM area. That's very, it's very um, empower, empowering. So they, these volunteers have stepped up and they've stepped up to support the kids. They stepped up to support the community. Um, they stepped up to support their neighborhoods, and it's just that's very. It makes it makes me very proud to just be surrounded with these great people who, like me, are volunteering for a greater good. The second thing, of course, is our kids. The kids that come through our 28-week computer camp program and then go on to, for example, this past year uh, in the high school computer competition and winning these, you know, sixteen thousand dollars in scholarships. I mean, the the, the joy that we feel in, in their accomplishment is is is, is, is indescribable. They, they they are they are like they are true lights that shine brightly in a, in a sometimes dismal dismal world. You know, there's, there's a lot of bad press out there. And when our kids shine so brightly, it, it makes you really feel good. And then the true, last thing, true. Is, the last thing is our sponsors. I mean, we we volunteer to true, but our sponsors, our corporate sponsors, they, they give the funds, they give the professionals, they give us the time, they give us you know you know to have four, five, six C-level personnel at a meeting of volunteer people doing what we're trying to do. It's pretty impressive. That means that means they they, they, they they get what we're trying to do. They they are committed to it. And they put the they put the financial backing behind it to to help us be successful. And so I, those those are my three my three biggest moments I'm proud of about the chapter so far. That is tremendous. I truly think that these accomplishments you just shared with us are fruits of great labor, fruits of labor that yourself and your board have accomplished together. But divvying off, the board does a lot. They have great spirit, but specifically to the role of president. Talk about some of the responsibilities of the president of the BDPA, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Tim. You know, I think the president's role is is almost like a quarterback, except not quite as what I would call flamboyant. So the chapter president has to be the one. Uh, in my role, I, I do a lot of background work. I mean, I talk to all my VPs one on one. I talk to I talk to I talk to almost all my directors one on one. Because it's that personal touch when you talk about volunteering that that, that makes somebody stay or leave. Um, so having that personal touch, you know, that, that personal conversation, we, we we may not go to lunch every every month, but we, we we try to I try to talk to everybody at least you know once a once in, uh, every month or so so that we can stay connected and I can find out how, what's going on in their lives, what they're going through, and who's having a baby, who's sick. All those things make make or break a chapter. So those personal relationships. Are really what I think are is the, is the biggest role of a chapter president because you know filling the roles is important, but if you have a few good people willing to do a few small things, that nucleus of people will draw in more people. So the more the more you can build those strong personal relationships, those one-on-one connections, the greater your chapter yeah. can get. And that's and that's, that's why I spend a lot of my time you know as a chapter president. That's exceptional exceptional advice. When I think of building relationships with people, making them feel that they are part of the team, you can actually have people work together, have the same spirit, and have everyone moving forward together and crossing the finish line together. So I, I applaud right. you. Thank so you. those are some really good tactics. On the more strategic side, obviously with the great accomplishments already, you must have a plan for 2014 going to 2015 and beyond. Share with us a little bit about what you have planned strategically for your chapter. Certainly. So part of the part of the chapter's growth strategy is is to do more than we've done before. Typically, we've done a computer camp every year with a certain number of students. We've taken those certain those students to, to, to technology camp that like we did for the 36th annual technology conference conference this past in this past year in Indianapolis. But for the going for going forward, we, we want to do more. Um, do more in, in strengthening and solidifying our relationships in the STEM area, our uh, number of students that we're actually touching, delivering on some data, some ROI, so we can tell corporations, for example, we've had so many number of students who've gone to our program and so many who've gone to high school and so many who've gone on to college and so many who've got a job, that entire pipeline. We want to deliver on that commitment that we have as an organization. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's the same, that's the same um 
commitment that the national has. We're just doing it at a local level. So we're just trying to yeah. pull together different organizations that are focused on STEM, whether they're Hispanic organizations, whether they're minority organizations. We're going to pull those be be a, be a catalyst for those organizations coming together to strengthen the STEM initiatives in our area, particularly in IT, and and make our efforts more efficient in what we're trying to do so that so our volunteers are more impactful in the in the in the product that we're delivering out, which is kids going kids engaging in STEM, kids going on to high school, kids going on to college, constantly going on to into professional careers. And that's and that's our that's our pipeline. That's tremendous. So I'm hearing you say collaboration with other organizations, and that way you're having a marketing effort just through working together shoulder to shoulder with others with similar interests and similar values. That's a great strategic plan. Thank you. Absolutely. With that type of planning, typically you're looking forward, but also the wise also look back and you say, here's what I learned in the past to guide me in the future. Yep. Tell us a couple of lessons learned that you'd like to share with our audience that you've accomplished or experienced in your BDPA experience. Great. Okay, great. So I think two lessons that are really important for, for that I've learned over the last year or so is, one, it is, it is beyond critical of important level of importance to be a person that is um, a communicator. Uh, if someone mm-hmm. is... Sending you an email or sending you a phone call, it is it is as a as a leader in the in, the, in, the, in the, what we're trying to do is either BDPA or the technology STEM professional. It is critical to be a person that's, that's responsive to communications that can communicate you know, messages back and forth and is and is reliable as far as being consistently able to be reached. Um, one of the things that has I think has failed us in the past. Is, is is the is the lack of being able to be reached? You know, I send you an email and, and I don't hear from you in, a, in two three weeks or whatever. You know that that, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, and especially when organizations are trying to give us money or fund us or sea level people are trying to respond to us or talk to us, and we're not responsive enough. That's that's the that lesson that I cannot hammer home enough. You've got to, we have got to be responsive to inquiries and be able to communicate our message. The second thing is, do not take people for granted. People who volunteer, their time is their time is probably more valuable than who's getting paid because the person who's getting paid at least is getting some benefit. You know, they're getting some cash incentive. The person who's volunteering, they're giving you their, their time out of pure love almost. Do not take them for granted. You know, respect them, respect their time, and treat them with the courtesy and respect and dignity that they say that they deserve for, for being a volunteer. So those are the two things I would say is be be responsive in communications and respect people's time as who are volunteering. I think that those are excellent lessons learned, real foundation for growing a strong organization. And as we even look across leadership and other organizations across our great country, I can see examples where failure to do those things has really cost the public and the private sector a great deal. And then in terms of taking people and valuing their input, their efforts, their, their energy, like you mentioned earlier, look at the board of directors you have. That didn't happen overnight. That happened because you guys are doing things genuinely, right? Time and time right. investment and then acknowledging people for the time and energy. And I like to call it the three T's, their time, their talent, their treasure that they're putting back in. Yes, sir. that's exceptional. Exceptional. I applaud you, man. Thank you. Thank you. So in our remaining minute or two, I'd like to go over a couple of final thoughts with the BDPA and um, just share with us things that you'd like to just put out there and say, coming from me, here's my my uh, personal thought of the day or something of that nature. Any final okay. thoughts for us? Sure. Um, so every month I, sent, I put out a president's blog about about our chapter, and I, I try to give words of encouragement and wisdom, and just you know some some raw raw stuff for my for our chapter and our members. We've grown. I, I, I know to pretend I think it's something we've grown from eighty six to almost two hundred members in the last year. So that, that's a testament wow. to <laughs> that's a testament to the volunteers on the board. That's a testament to what we're delivering to the community. That's a, that's a testament to our message. Testament to our corporate sponsors. It's a testament to the entire team 
of what we're trying to do and what we're, and what we're trying to deliver. We have uh, about an 80, I think we have a 95% retention rate of the 86 members who started with us at the beginning of the year. We have 82 at the end of the year. So we, we are, we are, I think we're doing the right things, and, and our membership is telling the story that we are doing the right things. So those, some of those, some of those things are you, we, we, as an organization, you've got to be consistent in what you're going to deliver. You've got to, you know, you, I, I know you've heard it a million times that a walk the walk and talk the talk. You can't be an organization right. that we're going to do something and not do it, not deliver. We're going to be an organization right. that's going to be about black technologies and not talk about black technologies or not have black technologies. And you know, so part of part of our challenge is part of the challenge for success. Success is is being able to deliver on what you know your core values are, and and not mm. getting too far from what the core values are. You know, so it's easier to get swayed into all kinds of stuff of what, what what we need. But you know, this organization has a has a very simple focus, and I think if if we consistently deliver on that focus with a consistent right. program, we will continue to be successful and continue to grow. Check this out. Did I hear you say one number? <laughs> Run that at me again. The number of people that you started with and the number that you have now. I want to hear that one more time. <laughs> so we started out the year with 86 members. As of, as of yesterday, I think we're at 201. Now, hold on. I've got to get back in my chair because I fell out of it. Okay? Here we go. <laughs> yes. How do you know to keep people engaged? Think of all the other professional organizations. There are people listening right now, and they have strong organizations, but I really doubt if they are able to grow an organization in that manner, that rapidly, and have everyone engaged. Okay, Come on, so, there's, so, there's, 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 got, there's got to be a silver bullet there. What is it? How did you do it? So, you, so, I mean, so you think, so when you say engagement, you have to you have to quantify that just a little bit. So everybody, all two hundred members don't come to every program meeting we have every month. Um, one of the what one of the the challenges we have is um, looking at our our data visualization and saying who's coming to our program meetings. You know, we we may not have three meetings in a row where the same person comes every three meetings. That's not that's not the yep. board. So we want, we yep. should know why. It's good to have somebody new come every time and sign up every time. By the way. Every, every, just about every meeting we've had this, this year, someone new has signed up, which is good. Yes, it but is. To your point, how are they? How are they engaged in the long haul? You know, are, are we? Did they come for that one topic? Are they coming for the next one? I mean, are, are we hitting miss it with the topic they're interested in? Are, are were they were they off that week? You know, so all the all the questions of why, why, why we've got we've got to do for data gathering as, as as a technology organization to understand why they're coming. What we're what we're doing right, we we, we know we're doing something right. We do, we're clearly doing something right, we don't, but we don't have all the right. answers. Part of our challenge next year is, and we have a brand new team that's looking at this team of volunteers is understanding what are we doing right exactly, and why are people um, thinking and saying, you know, how are we engaging? So we have a we have a brand new survey we're putting out. I think it's going to be next in the next week or two to our members for asking just kind of ask those questions. You know, what 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 are what are you getting out of this? So we can make sure we're hitting the hitting what they want. We have entrepreneurs, yeah. business owners, we have students, we have college students, we have people who are unemployed, they're all members. So we have we have a very there broad we, we have a very broad membership. You know, and one size does not fit all as you know. So we have to we try we're trying to we're trying to understand um what we're doing right in, in greater detail. But I can That's tell you part of part of it is being consistent. Having a regular program meeting at the same place, at the same time Published in advance, market, marketing it well across the city. Those things give us the exposure and the consistent message that people can say, okay, on the third Wednesday of every month, we know the Cincinnati chapter is going to meet at Brown Mackey over on Glendale. Yeah. Every, every, every third Wednesday. If I ain't got nothing else going on, or I want to find out what's going on in technology, or I want to link up with an XYZ person or talk to CAC person, so and so, or get, a job, get my resume out there, I know I can be there to make that happen. And, and, and that's a that that is a foundational um, core thing you've got to do in order to have that engagement. Absolutely, absolutely, my man. That is tremendous advice and tremendous performance. And when you're able to measure performance like that, like you're already sharing with us that you do, that really shows credibility. So I applaud you. Thank you so much for sharing and being with us tonight. <laughs> 
Thank you for your time, Tim. I appreciate it. Oh, man, we thank you for your time. Absolutely. Fran? So as we wrap up, I believe we are going to um, cover a couple of other items. Are you still with me? I am. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. So um, thank you so much, Tim, and thank you, Dowrick, for your thoughts and your motivation. And what we're now going to do is um, Ron Story, our third co-host, has joined us, and Terry Morris uh, is also on the line. So we are going to move on to our second interview, uh, Terry Morris is the chapter president of BDPA Indianapolis, and um, I am going to read a little bit about him and his bio, and then I'm going to turn it over, and Tim, I'll have you go ahead and uh, do the first three interview questions, and then Ron Story, who is waiting, will do the last three questions with Terry. Terry Morris is an IT director with EI. Eli Lilly and Company. He's also the president of our BDPA Indianapolis chapter. He took over the presidency in the same year that his chapter hosted the 36th annual BDPA Technology Conference in Indianapolis. His chapter has experienced great growth in terms of membership and relationships. In fact, Terry recently chaired a citywide call to action for the STEM IT initiative that will be funded by private and public contributions from the black community. In effect, Terry and a group of advisors are calling for an accelerator program addition to the existing high school computer competition. So Terry, welcome and thank you again for joining us. And I am going Oh, I'm so glad that you are joining us. And uh, Tim, I know that you just had a great interview. I'm going to ask you to start us off with the first three questions yep. for Terry. Hey, Terry, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. So I am wanting to know, first of all, how did you first find out about BDPA? As I look at these initiatives and things coming up in the future, I want to know how you got in the mix with BDPA and how we're blessed to so have you. Well, uh, again, thanks for the invitation to join you all tonight for a very worthy uh, topic. I, uh, Eli Lilling Company, my employer, has been a, a corporate sponsor for BDPA in uh, national and uh, in our local chapter mm-hmm. for for many years at this point. <clears throat> and uh, to that end, they invite the employees that desire to be a part of BDPA. Uh, to pay their membership for free. So uh, we, I've been uh, engaging with BDPA for the past you know, six years and have go- gone to many of the conferences, one, because the value uh, that I've seen personally uh, to, to consume from mm-hmm. IT professionals who happen to be African-American um, best practices uh, in, uh, in, the, in the space of information technology. So, so I've been engaged with BDPA in a very direct manner, here over the past five years. Very good. So coming out of graduate school, Eli Lilly was my initial company that I went to after University of Pittsburgh, and that's where I got oh, my first toe. Yeah, my, my toe first got dipped in the BDPA water through the, uh, through the exposure there with BDPA and the Eli Lilly partnership. So sure. likewise, that's great. Tell me then, okay. in terms of your service with BDPA and to BDPA, what accomplishments are you most proud of? Well, you know, I actually um, took over the reins as the president of the Indianapolis chapter in, in March of this year. Um, our former president decided to uh, to head south to uh, uh, just just uh, after Snowmageddon, is how we framed it here in Indianapolis. Right. <laughs> so create an opportunity. Uh, it, uh, Youth and technology are passions of mine. I, I, on a side gig of mine, I teach at a local 
college at uh, uh, Indiana University, Purdue University, affectionately known as IEPUI, uh, yeah. teaching non-IT professionals uh, how to get value from technology. So just an easy answer uh, an easy opportunity to seize on uh, to, to, to see how might we, uh, mm-hmm. we take this opportunity to another level. And as was alluded to in the biography, we have started uh, a new initiative called our HSCC Accelerator, whereby we want to uh, to wrap around some uh, some capabilities for a group of 20 uh, students here in Indianapolis and throw some new dimensions uh, that we think will add uh, to the sustainability of this capability. For example, uh, we want to model after you know, some of the things we've seen with incentive-based um, programs where, whereby we can incentivize the students to participate in our in our offering. Uh, we're intending to give a stipend, for example, uh, to students who participate in what we're calling an eight-week accelerator from January through February. Uh, and then uh, subsequently they would engage in our normal um, preparation for our for our high school computer programming competition for the so the subsequent uh, six months. So that I think is a is an accomplishment. Uh, the 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 engagement with our local community. Uh, we we've we've driven up through selling this initiative. Uh, a lot more interest in how might we partner with our with our uh, corporate entities in Indianapolis to drive the uh, the more robust STEM outcomes for our minority students here in the city. You know, our local membership, when I took over the reins, we had about 35 members, and now we uh, we have 70, 72 members on our, on our roster who've been working hard. Um, our goal this year was 100. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't quite got there yet, but but the sun hasn't gone down on the year as well. Uh, so we're, we're holding out. <laughs> we're holding out hope that we'll, we'll achieve that outcome as well. And the last thing I'll mention from a professional de- development perspective, uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm very, uh, um, a very important goal of mine is to be cl- bring clarity uh, to our objectives for the year. So we introduced a theme um, called SMAC. Um, and if you haven't heard that acronym, it's Social, Mobile, Analytics, and Cloud. And so we've been providing programming to our local professional group. Uh, following that theme, we've taken them to uh, a, a local Salesforce.com you know, uh, affiliate to be exposed to their uh, cloud uh, capabilities. We've taken them to another local hosting provider to be exposed to cloud capabilities. We've invited uh, IBM in to talk about their, ana- their uh, Watson Analytics um, platform. We've taught leverage Eli Lilly to talk about uh, its consumption of mobile uh, technology. So, so we're really trying to share in a very practical sense uh, how uh, innovation through the lens of those four disruptive technologies has taken place and how we can uh, allow the engagement of our membership to be an accelerator for their professional development. That is exceptional. I think that you're going to have great fruits for your labor. And I really think that that's a wonderful way to uh, get people engaged. The growth is also a reflection of that in your membership. You talked in terms of we and our and us quite a bit. I want to hear more about you. Responsibilities of a president. In BDPA Indianapolis, what's the president up to? You know, I think the key role that I play here is to cast a vision uh, for how we are to uh, where we're going, and, and then ensure we have a robust plan to achieve uh, that outcome. Um, you know, one of the things we did, and, and the we in this case was me, was myself, and 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 asking um, several executives from uh, three firms to engage with me, along with some some of my leaders, to to develop a you know a one pager to frame up. I mean, what is our vision for? Uh, youth engagement in STEM, prioritizing T, technology, in the Indianapolis community. Uh, and then let's create a forum uh, with the local IT uh, leaders to, uh, to one, solicit their input, but two, solicit their, uh, solicit their funding to give us more scalability for, for our programming. And that, that effort with that core team of, of, um, of executives Plus, some of our leaders uh, led to um, led to our ability to raise forty thousand um, dollars for our 2015 programs. Uh, while and we we have a stretch goal 
of raising a hundred thousand dollars, and um, and I and I see a, a line of sight to that because the value associated with the outcomes that we're vying for um, sell themselves. Uh, for example, um, I was uh, at uh, Purdue University uh, in Lafayette, West Lafayette, Indiana, today, yeah. uh, talking to their department about the capabilities that are available through. BDPA, and, and we got access to some of the MIS students in, in this Craner School um, to showcase the value of BDPA and offer up opportunities for, for their students to participate in the IT showcase and or the mobile app development um, programming if, if that is sustained. I mean, th- those are some of the leverage that we're pulling. We're, we're trying to partner with schools like Purdue. Uh, I'm an alumnus of Florida A&M University. I'm, work, I'm and I'm the advisory board chair for their for their advisory board, and I'm also advocating that they increase their presence at BDPA. I think there's a lever there that BDPA isn't fully taking advantage of, and I'm taking a grassroots approach and to drive that out within my locus of control. I think that's wonderful. You're going to build quite a template for others to follow. And uh, well, all these. Go ahead. No, I say well, we we want to help where we can, uh, well, and 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 I, and I think that. Top down is great, but there's some things that um, you, once you have validated the value, others will others will come as well. Oh, I agree, I agree, and, and like we both know, because we're here, this radio show and other venues like this are great ways for us to talk about it, share, and inspire others to follow the model. So I applaud you. With that said, I'm going to hand you off to my partner over here, Ron, who's going to finish this interview with you. Sure. Ron, you're up. How's everybody doing this evening? Great. Hello? Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm doing here. Well. Oh, okay, just checking in, making sure all, all 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 cylinders are fired and ready to go. Hey, uh, so Terry, uh, t- tell us about the call to action for the uh, STEM IT initiative there in Indianapolis. Sure, sure. Um, and I alluded to it briefly a moment ago. What What I did was pull together a core team of IT leaders to to make the case for a more robust roadmap for our youth STEM engagement. Um and and th- out of, through the generosity of one of our um one of our newer uh, sponsors, uh, BC4 CEO Justin Christian, um he hosted an event for us at a local new black owned restaurant um to invite to invite a group of IT leaders uh, who are interested in STEM as well uh, to the table and talk about our our student programming and offer up a chance for them to engage with us uh, around a visioning exercise that we're pursuing, you know, over the next over the next 12 months. Um, and so we hosted this event with about 20 uh, CEOs and senior leaders from small and large companies here in the here in the city. And primarily minorities uh, in this audience. To you know, our our view was, hey, we want to give ourselves the opportunity to drive this before uh, we go and ask for other uh, corporate entities uh, to partner with this endeavor. And so we're in that first phase of this exercise. We're meeting one on one with those with those players that we engage with to validate their interests and their dollars, because uh, we can't do it without funds. Just to be transparent, <laughs> and uh, and then subsequently. Uh, we'll be reaching out to the the large corporate partners throughout the city uh, to figure out how to how to scale this up more significantly. The last thing I mentioned there, Indianapolis was one of the receivers of the U.S. 2020 grant, one of seven cities throughout the country, which really focuses on uh, providing access to programs like ours for students and mentors. It's creating a portal to facilitate that, and we're one of the the local organizations providing uh, that capability for the for our constituency. Uh, so we think that there is an opportunity here in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I say that it's more broader than Indianapolis, but I can validate in Indianapolis, STEM is a hot commodity, and STEM for um, underrepresented groups such as African Americans is even a hotter commodity. And, and we're we're in a unique position. Uh, with a framework that has been tested through BDPA uh, to offer up something that's robust. And, and, and we say the sky is the limit. I'll, I'll say out loud that I think the, um, the, the the right answer longer term is to create even a school in, in the Indianapolis area that has a, has a target group, but not exclusive, 
uh, target group for African Americans who are interested in STEM, prioritizing even technology, and uh, and begin to take some of our youth who are who who sometimes are have less access to resources and 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 ensure that they have the best uh, capabilities available. And you teach them and you and you start early, and we'll see the sky's the limit for them. Oh, excellent, excellent. So as I listen to you uh, in your experience, which is very robust, um, you're very involved, engaged, and committed. Uh, what two lessons learned that you could share with our BDPA iRadio audience? Well, one, I, um, I'd say you have to invest the time to um, to write the vision. <laughs> There's a scripture that applies that as well, uh, mm-hmm. such that people get it and, and that I get it so I can have an opportunity to, to document the thoughts that I have and you know, with the appropriate counsel to validate um, that. That has been a powerful tool for us, uh, the, the document that mm-hmm. we've created just so we can crystallize uh, our messaging and the outcomes that we've aligned to in the short run and cast a, cast a vision for for where we're going longer term. And secondly, I, I think the empowerment of the leadership that surround you, you got to have good people and then allow those good people to function, um, you know, leveraging the strengths that they bring to bear to give the appropriate scalability for, for the types of outcomes that we're doing now and the outcomes that we're vying for here over the, over the coming years. Terry, could you share with me, you said the empowerment of the leadership. Uh, can you share with us, what does that look like? What's an example as you empower those other leaders that are involved? You know, you have to allow people to, to exercise their unique strengths. You know, for example, uh, we have a new uh, coordinator for our for our showcase this year. <clears throat> she was a previous IT showcase winner uh, uh, here two years ago, and a new employee for a local company in, in Indianapolis, and. Um, you know, I've consciously chosen to allow her to to um, to bring her energy and bring her creativity to bear in how we engage with students in the, in this next round of recruiting, and how we ensure that the students are appropriately prepared uh, for for the showcase, rather than give her a script. I mean, not that what we've done is broken. In the last several years, we've had a person that placed in the IT showcase competition. Um, but, but we want to uh, not be satisfied with even uh, what we've done, and I want to give her the liberty uh, to allow us to be more creative. <clears throat> and to that end, we're we're targeting to have rather than the, the two students we had this year in the showcase, we're planning to have five students in the showcase uh, in the coming year, and we're going to sponsor their full participation in the national conference. Uh, in in uh, in Washington D.C. and her leadership and her drive is helping to deliver uh, the, the outcomes that I've described. Oh, excellent, excellent! That just um, it's it's really good as, as you look at the value that other members have bring to the team, and then let and look at, and 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 empower them as you shared with utilizing your skills, your talents, and your professionalism uh, to help to uh, grow and nurture the organization as well as to improve upon the programs that you already have. Like like you said, said, you know, it wasn't like with anything broken, it's just that, you know, you can expand and enhance what what you already have. Uh that's that's excellent. Uh, and great leadership. Great leadership. So in our in our remaining time, Terry, can please share with us a final thought for our members and sponsors. You know, uh <clears throat> So I have to go back to scripture a bit here because that's the core of, uh, of why I do this. And it's a very concise one. To whom much is given, uh, much is also required. Uh, many of the, the leaders of BDPA and local chapters like Indianapolis have been given much. So the, the fulfillment of that scripture means much is required of us. Uh, much is required of us to ensure that we uh, offer up the robust, program that uh, meet the needs of our constituency. It means that we offer up robust programs that, that meet the needs of the students, and we you know go do all that is possible to, to ensure that what we're offering is of the highest caliber and highest standards because the students that we're, that we're engaging with deserve it. 
uh, and they need uh, the partnership that we're that, uh, that their parents have entrusted uh, with us. So, um, you know, so that the short version is, uh, you know, do all we can to offer up uh, the highest quality and caliber of programming for our for our professionals uh, and our students. Excellent. Do all we can to offer up the best pro, uh, programs and to caliber of those programs to the professionals and the students. That is just okay. excellent. Terry, okay. we like that, that what you've shared with us. Okay. And, uh, Fran, I hear you, Congressman. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, um, Ron and Tim, for a very simulating interview with Terry Morris. Um, Terry was our second guest, and our third guest is now on the line. Um, he has been traveling, and I'm going to open up his mic. Um, and our third guest is, in fact, Mike Williams, Senior Vice President of FIS. Mike, how are you this evening? Okay, he may not. Mike? Okay, I hear I hear sounds in the background. So what I'm going to do is um, read Mike's bio just so that all of us are aware of Mike. And again, I want to thank uh, Dalric Webb and Terry Morris for sharing their thoughts today. Mike is a senior hey. IT. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hey, Fran. Yeah, I was talking on mute. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. No problem. So welcome. I know that uh, you were in the air, so I'm thinking that you've landed and you're in an airport uh, chair right now, or are you in your car comfortable? No, I actually just made it back to my building. So I just walked in, and uh, luckily they have a place downstairs where I can kind of talk to you guys. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, again, thanks for being flexible. Uh, I'm just going to read your bio, and then I'm going to turn it over to Ron, who will ask the first three interview questions, and then Tim, who will ask the last three interview questions. Mike Williams is joining us, and he's a senior IT specialist and corporate executive who recently released his new book entitled The Advantage Factor. In his book, he he sheds light on professionalism in the modern-day workplace and discusses how one can gain a competitive edge against the changing tide of professional etiquette. Mike is a frequent presenter at the local and national BDPA events, and he has served in the past as the BDPA South Region Director. So, Mike, again, welcome and um, I am going to turn the microphone over to Ron Story. His mic is open, and he'll uh, start the interview off. Ron, I'm turning sure. it over to you. All right. Thank you, Fran. Uh, good evening, Mike. I'm glad to have you on board this evening. Hey, I'm glad to be here. And, and Mike, can you share with us, how did you find out about BDPA and what has kept you involved? Uh, again, I, I started, I guess, in the uh, late 90s uh, in New Jersey, uh, where I used to live. Uh, I lived there for about 36 years. But uh, I, I just found out about a BDPA meeting. Uh, I decided to attend because at that time I was uh, fairly new in technology as a whole and was looking to network. So I went to a meeting. I eventually joined and then I kind of uh, broke off from the New Jersey chapter. I think it slowed for a little bit. Uh, and then I got reintroduced when I moved to Atlanta in 2006. Uh, and I think at the time, uh, Teresa Williams was actually coming in as the chapter president of the, the Atlanta chapter. And I saw the folks in the room and like what uh, was what was being said and then the, the overall direction of the organization so I joined then, and uh, I've pretty much been a member ever since, and, and pretty much I've been all in ever since then. So uh, that's what, uh, you know, that's what's got me, uh, you know, that that's why I'm a member today, and that's why uh, I'm still attracted to the programs and really the mission uh, and the vision of uh, BDPA as a whole. Okay, so you've been involved in the uh, Northeast and the Southeast and also served as a South Region Director. Um, very, very uh, vast experience with BDPA. Uh, what 
accomplishment are you most proud of? With BDPA, uh, I, I really would say uh, two things. And it, it really, it wouldn't be uh, any personal accomplishments of my own. It's, it's really, I, I love to see when folks get together, they work uh, collaboratively on something and really bring something to uh, the forefront. And, and when I look at, you know, what the Atlanta chapter did in terms of re uh, reestablishing itself and, and really bringing members up, and then also excited about uh, the Milwaukee chapter and, and what they're doing. And then any chapter across the board where it's either being revived or establishing a new chapter, that just means that the, the BDPA as an organization is growing. So I, I think the growth of BDPA, and then I also uh, love the, the, the renewed uh, direction of the leadership team uh, nationally uh, with uh, Pam stepping in. So those are things I'm excited about. So I wouldn't say so much what I'm proud of. I, I think it's I'm proud of BDPA as a whole. There's no single mm-hmm. event, but there's a couple of things that have happened that uh, I'm really uh, really excited about. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So, so you know, we talked about your service to BDPA, and you gave us an overview of those things that you, you have been proud of. Uh, let's speak about your professionalism and your key responsibilities as a senior IT specialist and corporate executive. Uh, what are some of your key responsibilities in your current uh, function? Sure. Um, I actually recently just uh, took on a new role within uh, FIS, uh, I used to run the Enterprise Technology Services Organization, uh, which basically meant I supported all of the IT infrastructure globally for for FIS, and I led the team that did that. Uh, I moved back to Atlanta the end of uh, September, took on a role where I manage all our global IT outsourcing uh, business, uh, where mm-hmm. I do a lot of customer-facing, uh, then also own uh, P&L as well. So I've taken on that role, and, and it's my job now to reestablish the and really transform the organization in terms of uh, defining and, and building uh, new services uh, to mm-hmm. go to market, and then also working with our uh, company, Capco, our consulting arm, and defining uh, and helping them define products and services that actually uh, help uh, FIS as a whole, and then you know also looking at how we can actually put in place governance to look at uh, how we deliver services across consulting and then also IT infrastructure. So that's uh, that's my, my role today. Actually, it's been very exciting. I actually just came back from a meeting in New York with all the, the sales folks and just educating them on, you know, what we do within the IT outsourcing arm and, and, and really figuring out how we can collaborate and actually go after uh, clients and, and prospects together. Okay, thank you. Um, well, that's the first half of our interview. I'm going to turn this over to Tim, and uh, I look forward to hearing about your your authorship and uh, the writing that you have just accomplished. Uh, so, Tim? Yes, yes. Mike, how you doing? This is Tim. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. I'm so glad you traveled safely, and I'm glad you were able to camp out and have this conversation with us. Sure. It says a lot about no your, uh, your determined. Yeah, it says a lot about your dedication to the organization to be able to split your time after travel, training, and still being able to share with us the different fruits of labor and the different uh, nuggets of knowledge. So with that uh, said, you know, you know what you say yeah. it, you got to do it. If I don't do it, there's usually something wrong. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. It. Well, you know, you had the presence of mind to capture some of the milestones and nuggets of knowledge, and you've put it together in your new book, The Advantage Factor. Just that title, The Advantage Factor, where does that come from? And then let's get into the meat and potatoes of what the book's about. Uh, Interesting uh, question, a very good question. Actually, the book started out, the title was called The Turning Points, uh, and it has 15 chapters. And as I started writing and then reading uh, what I wrote, uh, I changed my uh, mindset in terms of the title of the book. So I was, uh, as I was reading, what came to mind was, hell, if I if I would have known this, uh, all of this information, 
when I was actually starting out as a young professional, I just really had an advantage over my peers. And that's when I looked at and, and I changed the title to the advantage factor because I think that's what it truly does. It gives the young professional, really, who is targeted towards the 22 the, through 30-year-olds, it really helps them really uh, identify, uh, understand some of the things that they need to do, and the, some of the things not only that they need to do, but also need to know, like get uh, obtaining a mentor, which is the first chapter and actually the longest chapter in the book. Uh, so it's targeted towards the 22 to 30-year-olds because I truly feel that that's the age group from a personal perspective and a professional perspective is really where you define what you're going to be when you grow up and then what job or career you're going to have as well. So, But it can help any person uh, at any point in their career if they're looking to move uh, move up, but it's really targeted towards the 22 through 30-year-old. Uh, Very good. Digging a little deeper on that, it says in your bio that you shed light on professionalism. You talk about the modern-day workplace and how that competitive edge can really help a person in the changing tide of professional etiquette. So yeah. the age group you described, that's kind of the millennials, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, that changing go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The changing no, go ahead, tide of I'm professional sorry. etiquette changing tide of professional etiquette with that group, I'm sure that was a very engaging piece to talk about and uh guide them with, right? Yeah, and and let me really, really get into that because one of the things that I, I've been very passionate about and re really focused on in the last few years, I would say really over the last four years, is really thinking about who's next. So I started a company called Think Next, which is what they, uh, who, you know, I published a book under that uh, that company. But I've really been focused on, you know, the next crop of leaders. And it's really those 22 to 30-year-olds that we really have to prepare and focus on. And what I wanted to do was really uh, give them a lot of the information that I had to learn the hard way, and probably you guys as well, about, you know, building up others and understanding how that ties into your uh, your ability to move up. If you haven't trained someone to take your spot, sometimes it, it, you, you inhibit yourself from moving up. So I learned that the hard way. Uh, networking, uh, it talks about, you know, focusing on the objective, not the noise. A lot of times we get roles where 10 people think they should have gotten a job, but you can't focus on that. It's like, you know, you got to focus on the fact that you did get the job, and out of those 10, there may be two people that may be able to do that job better, but that's not your job to focus on that. you got to focus on the objective, not the noise. It talks about you don't need a title to be a leader. Uh, we always have what I call these, quote, unquote, assigned leaders, where you, you get a leader and someone says, hey, you know what, tomorrow Mike Williams is going to be running that department. Well, the folks on the team are like, well, we didn't ask. We, no one came and asked us whether or not we wanted Mike Williams <laughs> to, right. to run the group. So they're assigned leaders, but a person who actually earns lead, uh, a leader title is one who gains the credibility and gains the respect of the team. So you can be an assigned leader, but the best leader is the one who gains the credibility and the respect of the team. And there's a lot of things you need to do to get that. But also I talk about the difference between a person that leads and a person who provides leadership. Sometimes mm. people think they're, they're one and the same, but they're not. You can lead a choir. You can lead a, uh, you can lead a, a classroom. You can even lead a household. But providing leadership is totally different. Because providing leadership means that the people that you're leading, they're actually growing and learning while you're doing the leading. It's all right to get things done. That means you're leading. But it's another thing to get things done, but also teaching people at the same time. That's what leadership is about. So I talk about that differentiation as well. So there's a few things I, in the book that I that I cover. But mentorship is the first chapter where I give insight to uh, two of my mentors and some other people that have influenced me. So you'll understand the core of how I think and why. And then, you know, the other chapters talk about so many things. And one of the biggest things I also talk about is don't get comfortable, get challenged, meaning that if you're comfortable, you're not growing. Uh, so many of us get in our comfort zone 
and we don't want to take the risk. And the, the, what I say is you got to take some risk. you got to feel uncomfortable because if you're not uncomfortable, you're just not growing. And that's one message that all the young folks and even older folks who are trying to move up have to understand. So that covers some of the things in the book and, and a lot more. Excellent, excellent. It's available online or available at Barnes & Noble or where? No, it's available online at Amazon.com. You just go and search on the Advantage Factor. It's a blue and orange cover, uh, so you can get it from Amazon right now. Uh, And then I'm also doing uh, a couple of book tours. I got one uh, coming up uh, December 10th, so I'm going back to my hometown. But I also had a book release uh, party uh, this past Friday, actually on my birthday. So that was a birthday okay. present to myself. Uh, so yep. that worked out well. And uh, so and then I plan to do some more, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year as well. Tremendous. I applaud you, man. That's great, great, great accomplishment. You've shared Thank with you. us a couple of lessons learned from the book and some lessons you think that are encapsulated within your book that others can learn from. I would really encourage people to look at the book and also the great word that you've shared with us tonight. As we wrap up, I want to ask you, Final thoughts of encouragement or lessons that you could share with our BDPA audience? Uh, the final thoughts, I would say, let's get ready for 2015. Uh, 2015 is our 40th anniversary. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to helping and contributing to BDPA, doing great things, not only in 2015, but beyond that. And, and I think if you're a member of BDPA, the, the thing I, I would say uh, we just got to be all in. I, I think the organization yep. is, is really uh, headed in the, the right direction. There obviously are some challenges, but, you know, life is nothing without challenges. So, uh, like I said, if you're not challenged, we're not growing. So we learn and we take the challenges head on. Uh, we'll fail fast, but we'll actually get better and succeed. Learning uh, failing is just you learning how to succeed. So we'll do that as well. But I, I would say let's just really look forward to 2015, looking forward to our 40th anniversary. Uh, it's a big milestone. Uh, it's a huge milestone, in fact. And really think about how we can contribute to BDPA success, growing our membership, growing our, our funding uh, sources, and, and really helping with the, the vision and the, the, the mission of BDPA as a whole. I agree with you. Sustainability of BDPA ever important. Thank you, my friend. I'll be talking with you offline as well. Fran? All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. This has been a very exciting show. I really love the different perspectives, and yet the message is very consistent. Um, I wanted to certainly take some time to thank uh, my two co-hosts, Timothy Butts and Ron Story. Um, It's exciting to have, uh, as I had shared with someone earlier, the testosterone on the line um, and just bringing um, a different different perspective and energy um, uh, to the show. I wanted to thank our very first guest, uh, Dalrick Webb, Chapter President of BDPA Cincinnati, Our second guest, Terry Morris, Chapter President of BDPA Indianapolis. And our third and final guest, Mike Williams, Senior Vice President of FIS. I would like to remind our listening audience that BDPA iRadio airs the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month. So please join us um, on December 9th. And then a reminder that we will be airing iRadio on the 4th Tuesday of December, which is December 23rd. And joining us always in the studio, helping to coordinate um, the production behind the scenes, is Everaldo Gallimore. So I want to thank Everaldo. So uh, to our listening audience, make sure that you let folks know that BDPAI Radio is available live at www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. And if you miss the live show, you can always access the archives because they're available to listen and share. I wanted to, as we conclude, um, thank... Um, 
Uh, I wanted to thank Wayne Hicks, who is the BETF Executive Director and uh, BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. So we're going to close out the show for tonight. And um, as several of our guests have identified, BDPA as an organization is an organization that's dedicated to helping African-American IT professionals and helping African-Americans go from the classroom to the boardroom and discover the excitement and professionalism within the IT industry. And I am going to hit the button so that we're closing out the show. Thank you again. Great show. BDPA I Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA I Radio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA I Radio broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA. Empire for me.